Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. To my longtime listeners, welcome back. And if this is your very first time tuning in, I just want you to know that I am glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is about cultivating peace in your heart and your home. Now, I feel like this topic came at the perfect time when we are all in holiday mode. It is easy to lose our peace in this season, so be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Now, today's episode is going to be the last interview that we'll release this year. Uh, Every year, I take the month of December off from guest interviews so I can spend some quality time with my family and just resting. But we are still going to release talk therapy sessions every Monday morning in December. You might remember last year, we did a process and praise series, and we're going to do the same thing for 2021. Y'all loved that series, so I pray that you not only tune in yourself, but also invite a friend to tune in as well, and you guys can talk about the episodes. I would love to hear the feedback from that. I also recommend keeping a journal nearby as you listen, because I just sense in my spirit that the Lord's going to speak to you as we process and pray through 2021. Today's guest, Victoria Derstock, is a multi-passionate, creative, and entrepreneur fueled mostly by coffee who pursues her dreams with verve and intensity. She's a wife and a mom of three, and Victoria divides and conquers the never-ending to-do list while working to maintain her sanity and pleasant demeanor. She's the recipient of the 2020 Sela Nonfiction Book of the Year, and she's authored six titles with more on the way. She's the founder and president of Endgame Press. It's a traditional publishing house where ordinary people accomplish extraordinary things. This was a really fun, but practical and just encouraging conversation that I got to have with Victoria. So please help me welcome her to the show now. Well, hello, Victoria. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel. Good to be here. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. I have your book in my hand. I love it. And before we hit record, sometimes I really wish the listeners could see your face, but um, she has this really beautiful backdrop happening. So I don't know if you have a picture of this on Instagram or anything, but if you do, (laughs) no, you don't, you need to. Some of our videos, probably some of the videos I've recorded, maybe, I don't know. I do, but you're right. I probably should. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm already getting tips for today. I'm excited for the listeners to meet you. Before we start talking about this topic that we're going to discuss today, I would love to hear um, what is maybe a random or fun fact about you that I wouldn't have read in your professional bio? Um, Ooh, that's a good question. How about, uh, the fact that my mom is from Australia and I have cousins and aunts and uncles that all live across the way and across the ocean. And I think that's a pretty cool kind of fun thing. That is cool. Do you get to visit very often? No, no, (laughs) no, it's a little far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is a fun fact. I love that. Um, okay. So let's jump into what we're going to talk about today. Is this your uh, first book to write or have you written others? 
I've written several others. So no, this is not my first book. It's the first book this year that's come out. <laughs> okay. What, um, what number is it? Do you know? So it is number five of my own personally, and then uh, eight once you add in the an- anthologies that I've been part of. Okay. So how did you get to what you're doing today now? I know listeners are always kind of curious, or I am too. Like, how'd you, how'd you get to what you're doing right now? <laughs> You know, it's, it's completely a God thing. I mean, the journey is definitely not straight up and down or, or, you know, in between, it's just a really interesting random maneuver of God. Um, I'm, I'm a trained pianist and that's what I got my degree in was music. Um, I have my master's degree in music education, been teaching our kids at home, homeschooling through the years, just things far, far removed from an author's world. And the Lord just kind of maneuvered me a few years ago into a new direction. And I, and I knew it was the Lord doing it because it wasn't just this desire in my heart to go, go chase this new thing. It was really, um, it was an alignment of when God brought me to a place where I was going to fulfill some commitments that I had made to him through the years. And part of that was being really faithful and consistent in my daily Bible study. It was being faithful to memorize scripture. Like I had promised that I would do, but I, you know, it's easy. The older we get to say, Oh, my brain's older. It's a little hard. I don't know. But I have started fulfilling some really commit commitment type things that I had promised God that I would do. And then I had kind of made excuses for through the years. And my, my heart started just kind of going in a new direction. And I really thought writing books would be this, really majestic, wonderful, sit on the sofa, eat bonbons, write a good book. Somebody would publish it. It would be an easier life, right? Than, than perhaps what I had been leading. And of course it's not that, um, it's much, much more difficult and challenging, but I, I just, it's been a step of obedience each step of the way. Breaking into the world was not easy. I had a lot to learn. I had to build an entire platform where people could find me and know who I was. And I didn't even understand any of the marketing things. And I wasn't really on social media very much early on. So uh, in, in the process of the last six years, God's just opened a massive amount of doors. He's really just allowed me to pursue something that I know I'm being obedient to. And this, and this is why we are here today. Yeah. I love hearing people's journeys. And I really love something you said right at the beginning was it hasn't been a linear shot. You know, I think sometimes people look at people that we admire, look up to, or we think are successful and we're going, okay, what's your ABC process? And you're kind of like, well, I said I was obedient here. And then that opened this door over here. And then that made me meet this person here. You know, it's just kind of this weaving in and out. And I can relate to that a lot. And I'm writing my first book right now too. And yeah, isn't it interesting the things that you dream dream in your head and then you're in it and you're like, huh, this doesn't look like what I thought it was going to, but okay, here we go. It's a lot harder than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. I'm, I can relate so much to that. Okay. Um, and then, so on whenever I got this book in the mail, which by the way, sorry, listeners, I think I, I mentioned this in the intro, but I'll say it again. So the book that we're talking about today and really the theme that we're talking about is that um, guard your heart and home, pursuing peace in your living space. So this message of pursuing peace, anybody who's followed me for any length of time really online or on social media knows peace is a big deal in my household, um, something my husband and I like have said for, I think, maybe a decade now when we're making decisions is follow the peace. You know, Jesus is the prince of peace. So do I have peace about this? Yes or no. That's kind of, you know, a lot of times how we'll make our decisions. And um, we added a little thing to it this summer 
we went on a vision retreat and we added something that we said, follow the peace, not the pressure, um, because there's so much, uh, uh, as we all know, pressure from all sides, you know, wanting us to do things, be certain places, look a certain way, all this stuff. And so when I, when your book came in the mail, I thought, oh my goodness, yes, we have to talk about this topic because I personally am battling um, more than ever on maintaining that peace in my home, you know? And so I know I'm not the only woman who can go, okay, how do I, you know, and I feel like it it looks different for every person. So I'm excited to talk about this topic with you. Where did you, has this always been like something that's important to you or is this kind of evolved or where's this message come from? Um, That's a, that's a great question, Rachel. You know, the, the beginning, this is the third book in this series and it's the heart and home books. And so the first one was really about the design basics between your soul and living space. Just those parallels that I find in scripture um, with flow and unity and harmony, all of those ideas that we find in scripture, but also in our homes. So uh, just being in that design world around it for a long time, you kind of understand symmetry and and just different, different pieces of the puzzle and just being able to see God um, in those things. And the second book was the Christmas book, which was an easy, an easy buy because I I mean, we all love Christmas. It's fun to have a specific devotional, right? Dedicated to the themes of Christmas and celebrating joy in our living space. But over the last year and a half, I had hoped that uh, the COVID uh, lockdowns and isolations would bring everybody kind of back home and in our space in a united and wonderful way. And I was a little naive uh, in looking back because what really seems to have happened is that there's more fractures and fissures in our foundation. And we're seeing a lack of peace um, in our marriages, in our homes. And, And marriage in particular has been under fire, I think in the last year and a half, two years, it just feels harder than ever before. We're all together many more hours in a day than we were we were used to before when we were going all the time and so actually peace was hard and we have to actually pursue it in order to find it in our homes we have to work at it and i think that that was my goal was to really encourage maybe it's newlyweds maybe it's people that have gotten married in the last year and a half that that don't understand this is work this isn't just the feelings stay forever and you never have to work at marriage my husband and i have been married 25 years this year we still work at, at being married and being loving and pursuing peace in our space and i think that that the isolation in particular has put so much pressure you you said it just a few minutes ago go, you know, peace, not, you know, not pressure. And I think the pressure has really kind of intensified. And that's really where my heart was for this particular volume was to say, let's, let's really focus on, on marriages and really how can I support I'm not an expert on marriage. I know though uh, that that we need support and we need encouragement. And I think just saying to somebody else, hey, you are not alone and this is work. And this is um, a matter of taking away expectations. And this is a matter of um, cultivating that peace in our, in our home and working together and believing the best about each other. And that's kind of where th- this all really has come from. Where do you think uh, and what do you think steals the most peace within the home? I think it was easy to blame busyness. Mm-hmm. It's easy to blame busyness for the reason I can't spend time in my Bible in the morning. It's the reason I can't memorize scripture. I don't have time. I don't have time. And I, I just truly believe that the busyness that we preoccupy ourselves with is the great stealer of that piece. Um, a declutter of our schedule as well as our home can really free up that opportunity for us to have peace. Yeah. 
Okay, so you're big on the decluttering. Let's talk about decluttering the schedule first. How do we do that? <laughs> I feel like this is a never-ending topic, and we'll just keep talking about it. Sure, sure. Get I mean, more I'm ideas. Terrible. I mean, I'm terrible at it. So yeah. let me just tell you, you know, like this is a constant for me of, of trying to declutter. And part of the reason I'm terrible at it is because there's a there's a part of me that, that wants everybody to be happy with me, <laughs> right? I mean, at the end of the day, I want everybody to be like, oh yeah, we can count on, you know, we can count on Victoria, she'll be there. Or, um, you know, she's she gets stuff done, you know, so we can ask her to do more stuff. And I think that the enemy is not trying to decide between the good things and the wrong things. It's trying to decide between the best and the good. And, and many times that means we have to learn to say no in advance of that yes, because if we don't, we don't leave room for something that God really has for us. So there have been times, especially in the last few years, where I've had to tell people, no, I can't do that right now. And it wasn't because I was overly busy already. It was just, I knew that wasn't the best way for me to move forward. And there was something I believed that God had for me that was best. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you hit the nail on the head a second ago of you want we want people to be happy with us, you know, like it's really not, I don't think there's many of us, there might be a few people who just wired in their personality, but who like to overbook ourselves. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't think any of us set out to do that, but we have a deeper thing going on of, I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want, you know, I want to be dependable. I want to show up when I say I'm going to show up and all those things. And I'll go ahead and just tattletale on myself. My listeners know I like to do that because I want to be real here. I can't call it real talk with Rachel, not, you know, tell my own stories. But even just this weekend, there was something that I was invited to and I knew in my gut I really shouldn't go because I'm like, my. it was just an insane weekend already. My son had playoffs. There was it, just all the things I could list, you know, all the kids activities and our activities. And I knew adding one more thing wasn't very smart. But it was a sweet friend. She was having a fun party. And I thought, you know what? We can just pop by just for a little bit. Like, we can make this work. And we went. And of course, we had a good time. But honestly, yesterday, I kind of paid the price in the lack of peace then that was in our home because I was exhausted. I didn't get my normal, you know, all my normal things I would have done that day. I didn't get to. And so I just, it was such a good reminder as to when the Holy Spirit tells me in my gut, you know, that's me, you know, trusting my gut to say, hey, you know, you love that friend. You, you're you so thankful that she invited you to the thing or whatever, but the right, the best choice, like you said, it wasn't a bad choice. It was between good and best. The best choice would have been for me to say, thank you so much for the invitation, but it's just not in the cards this weekend, you know, and I didn't do that. Right. And so, but I was reminded like, okay, note to self, next time you feel that, listen to it. <laughs> it was the Lord trying to tell me, hey, you, just like you said, you have to pursue that peace. You almost have to, you almost have to fight for the peace. And I know that sounds like a weird combination of words, fight for peace. Those are two opposite words. Wait, what? You know, <laughs> hold on. But I have to have my guard up, even just being aware of the things that are going to come against and try to steal it and, and take me away. I hope that makes sense. But I just wanted to encourage somebody like, hey, I still mess up in this area. <laughs> but that's why, I mean, I've been doing it for how long? I mean, many, many years now, you know, trying trying to say no. And then eventually I look back and things are, are cluttered up again. And when you have children and you're trying to juggle schedules and we have three, so, you know, we limited our kids when they were younger to one activity each, but that's still three activities, you know, mm -hmm. and if you add in church and you add in, um, you know, volunteering or serving in some way, I mean, that's every night that could be easily every night of the week. Um, and so 
we have to purpose just, it has to just be this thing where we say, we're just not going to overbook. And if we have overbooked, we have to pull back and, and try to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is such, I always love, I think I say this in almost every episode. I'm like, I think this episode's for me first, and then I'll get to let my listeners listen to it and, and bless them as well. So it's always it's so good. So good. Well, that's how I write too. Like I, usually it's a lesson I've had to learn first and then I need to write it down. And, and so that I can really kind of chew through like how I worked through it. And then I go, oh yeah, well maybe somebody else can get something out of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so funny. You say that about the writing. Cause that's what I'm experiencing as I write. I'm like, oh, I get, get my own toes stepped on for a second first. And then I get to put this out there. So all right, yeah. so we talked about decluttering schedules. I want to talk about the home now because you have a gift of decluttering, but also decorating, which for somebody like myself, I greatly appreciate when I meet people who it comes naturally to because I don't feel like it comes naturally to me. I'm more of a minimalist just because I'm not great with decoration. So I'm kind of like, we're just going to do white walls and you know, very little stuff. Can you tell us how then we can bring that same piece into our home when it comes to the physical beauty of it? So it's really interesting. I've been around it a long, long time, but it, it was really kind of joining my husband in an industry that he was involved in. And um, it's looking back over the years and, and have having been able to work with some really great people who are, who are gifted at it. So there's times where I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, that's a really great piece. So I've kind of learned, you know, along the way through the years and um, bringing beauty into our space is just something I think we all want to do. Uh, I think we're just kind of wired that way. God has given us so much beauty to look at and create. Uh, that, that when we, we put our spaces together, you know, we want to see them be, be beautiful, even just for ourselves, for our families. Um, it's not even really necessarily to impress others who come in our space. The problem is, is there's a lot of beautiful things out there. And so if we're just kind of accumulating, uh, over time there's clutter and, and what happens is we don't shop our own house or we don't move things around or keep things for season on you know, different seasons. So we, we end up spending too much money and then you've got the financial pressures. So, so decorating can really actually cause a lot of problems if we're not careful. Um, and so decluttering really helps us in saying, you know what, I don't need too much. I need to have just enough uh, so that people feel comfortable when they walk in the home. There needs to be a focal point. I need to be able to like have something when somebody comes in, they say, oh, you know, that's the center of the room. My eye can rest there. And when my eye rests, so does my body. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about, about peace, right? Is because it's a place of rest. And I want people who come in our home because I do believe our home should be an outreach. It, it shouldn't just be for us. Uh, we really could use our homes in such a missional type way of bringing others in and sharing a meal or even a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be complicated, but bringing people in. And if there's nowhere to sit or there's nowhere for my eye to rest, because there's so many things to look at, then I'm not going to be at peace. And so when I bring my friends, my family, um, strangers into my space, if it's decluttered in such a way where they feel like they can actually sit down and be comfortable, then, then that's actually the best thing ever. Yeah. I love what you, what you said. If the eye can rest, the body rests. Uh, you know, yeah, there's so much. It, even in my work with counseling uh, married couples, people don't always see eye to eye on this, like the value of a home being decluttered, you know, and so it can cause a lot of tension even in a marriage if one spouse is like, yes, I want, you know, things to be orderly and another doesn't really care. Um, so do you have any practical tips on keeping a home decluttered, even on a daily, especially for those of us who have kids and whatnot. 
Yeah, no, that's, it's the challenge, right? Is, is cleaning and decluttering, uh, wrote a book about hospitality last year. And, and part of it is either we don't understand the heart for hospitality and why we should, should be hospitable to other people. But the other half of it is maybe I don't have time to clean and declutter and make meals and, and be entertaining and hospitable to people. So I, I tried to cover both, both sides of that in, in that book, but uh, really at the end of the day, it's, it's trying to do a little bit every day. You know, if you leave it until the big, okay, this weekend, you know, we're going to do all the things and we're going to clean it and declutter it and do all of it. Then that's, that becomes this mammoth task in our heads. And then it's exhausting to even think about it before you get there. So instead it's, it's much better. Um, if you took one room every day for a few weeks and you just said, what kind of things could I remove from here and put up, you don't even have to get rid of things right away. If you know, for sure you're done with it, you could get rid of it. But I mean, sometimes we just need to put some things up for a little while and then put them in a different room or change the space up in some way. Rooms change with our homes as, our kids grow and our needs change so we can maybe repurpose some of those items in the future so you don't necessarily have to get rid of everything but if you just spent 15 20 minutes every day on a room it doesn't have to be this epic marathon of of decluttering i think you'd see progress and the progress is actually where you see um where you really want to be right it's not necessarily the end result it's the progress that makes a difference yeah, you said earlier um, some people don't even shop their own homes. I would love for you to explain. I'm like, ooh, how do I shop my own home? Nobody's taught me how to shop my home. What do you What do you mean by that? What's that look like practically? <laughs> Yeah, practically it would be like taking, you know, we have accessories, little bits and pieces. And if you put them all out outside of the room, you know, just say you're trying to start with a blank slate. Um, If you did a couple rooms at one time, you'd have quite a few accessories, most likely art, um, mirrors. You could have just different pieces kind of all in the hallway. And you're saying, okay, I'm going to start with like a blank slate. How would I redo this room? And so you shop those pieces that are there versus, oh, I have to go out and buy all this brand new stuff to make the space look new or different. Because I think that sometimes we go shopping because we just need something different. Uh, You can do different right within your own house. It's just moving things around from one space to another. And I told you that earlier with my panels that are behind me, I can move those some other place uh, because they're very (laughs) flexible little panels. I can move them to a wall behind my sofa if I want to. They don't have to stay where they are. And I think sometimes we just decorate and then we set it and we forget it. And then we're like, well, I'm a little bored. I need to go change it up. And then we go by instead of saying, okay, let's change it up. We'll put all the stuff in one room or one hallway, and then we'll just shop from those things. Yeah. You, you talk about how you see God in decorating. Can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, his design uh, in nature is amazing. If you start talking about just even little things outside, but when I study the Bible and I read uh, passages where he talks about, you know, the design of the tabernacle or the priestly robes, and he's talking about the colors of the threads that are supposed to be used. He's talking about um, tassels or uh, pomegranates and apples and gold and silver and all of these beautiful pieces, even the kinds of wood that are being used. So you talk about the ark and you talk about all these different things where God gave specific instructions about how to design the different things that were that he wanted them to do. I see God just all over that. Like that's kind of the same thing we're doing in our homes is, is just designing things that are beautiful and that are lovely. And, and God's already laid the way, you know, I mean, it's just interesting to read in scripture. It's just fascinating. 
Yeah. And even as you were talking a second ago about kind of thinking outside the box going, hey, how could I move this piece somewhere else? In a way, that's also just partnering with God to say, hey, how can I use what you've already given me, what's already in my hand to make this a beautiful, enjoyable, peaceful space? Absolutely. And it, and it could be simply just moving a piece in or out. And that makes all the difference in the world because maybe it's, um, you know, our kids when they all had to come home and, and do schoolwork at home. I have a, a great friend named Paige and she had a great room that was beautiful and lovely and she just loved it. But all her kids came home and they needed somewhere to work on school. And so what it, she had to turn that room into a school space so they could all have a, a place where they sat, they did school, they were able to get stuff done. I mean, that's really what our homes are all about. We have to maneuver through them, through the years, through the seasons to make them useful to us so that we are at peace when we're inside. Yeah. Okay. So speak to the woman and I am this woman. So you can tell me and then maybe other listeners can relate. I was telling you earlier that I don't necessarily feel like I have the gift of coming into a room. I have a sister who's like you, who she can just take something that is blah and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like, and she just pulled all this stuff together and it's just beautiful. And every time I go to her house, I'm like, oh, I love your house. It's so pretty. And then I go back to my house and I'm like, okay, how can I make this to where it's me? Because I am more, like I said, a little more minimalist, a little more just clean, you know, like how can we make our space ours, but beautiful? So any tips to the, to the woman who is kind of like, can relate more to me. Like, <laughs> doesn't feel like she's got that gift of decorating. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, if you have a friend or a sister who has that gift, I would say employ them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, say, come on over and help me, you know, and see what kind of things that they will do, especially if it's something they enjoy doing. They'll probably be like, yeah, you know, let me add it because they're probably itchy, you know, to try to get their hands on things. But beyond that, I would just say, be willing to try things. Sometimes you just have to kind of set a piece of art somewhere and let it sit there for a little bit. I think so many times we're afraid to make mistakes. I know I am. I'm a perfectionist, uh, unfortunately, and I have to always beat it out of myself, you know, frequently to say, you know, get better than that and, and move on and be good enough. You know, don't be trying to be perfect. And I think that that's kind of uh, through the years, if I haven't, haven't liked where I placed something, I move it or I add something to it to to try to make it work. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's okay. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then what would you say about the stressful piece about that for those of us who are in my camp, you know, like how do I get rid of the stress behind it? That's a great question because getting rid of stress is the challenge in the first place. I think balance, we just have to come back to saying, you know, this may not be my strength, but I, I can put a comfortable pillow here. I can make this uh, blanket be here for my kids if they want to sit and snuggle. Um, when a friend comes by, I'm going to have a space for them to sit uh, where they're going to feel comfortable, where things are clean and be okay. I mean, I just don't, we, we have a lot of pressure on us because of Pinterest and because of Instagram. And some of us just need to turn it off and not look at it and just say, let's just worry about our relationships with each other and be focused on that versus everything else. And, uh, trust that God's just going to put it all in place, um, as he will. Oh, I love how practical that is. And something else that you write about and something that I do feel like I love to do in my home is praying over it because I know, you know, people can come in and it may not be the best decorated or the best whatever, but people can always just feel 
peace in a home, you know, when it's been prayed over and things like that. So what are some practical tips you have of implementing that, that power of prayer into our daily life and into our home? Yeah. I mean, prayer, prayers are underutilized weapon. I think, I mean, we, we turn to it at the last resort when we're desperate, when, when really it just should be a part of everyday life. And mine tend to be like long dialogues throughout the day many times, but sometimes they're very specific, especially around my morning quiet time, um, where I'm maybe a little more focused on praying for different people for praying over different events, things that are happening through the day. But then I have this kind of running dialogue with the Lord throughout the day where, you know, uh, Lord help me, you know, get through this. And they're very short little kind of conversational prayers that I'm, I'm having as I go through the different tasks of the day. But I've, I've taken scripture before and prayed scripture uh, at certain times. I will do that even, you know, with my children when they were younger and I'd be really frustrated with maybe the tension in the house or the, you know, this, the lack of love, you know, that I would see amongst everyone. And I would write verses on the windows with dry erase markers so that we could all read them <laughs> when we walked through the house. So uh, those reminders, I'll pray those verses. I'll pray those things back to the Lord because uh, then I believe it's just, it's just powerful. Prayer is just powerful. It changes my heart. It changes my thought process and it keeps me relying on him, which is actually what I'm supposed to do in the first place uh, because he's in charge (laughs) and I too, too often forget. And I try to take over and be in charge. And that's not actually my role. My role is to, to serve. So when I'm, when I'm praying, that just is also a reminder of just my need because of my lack. Mm, my need because of my lack. I love I love that. All right. I have one final, I think it's kind of a fun question. Um, what are some decor items that you use to remind yourself to slow down and enjoy your life? I, I loved this question. <laughs> yeah. No, this is a fun one. I mean, really what makes me slow down and enjoy is is even just the comfy things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a texture person. So anytime I touch something really soft and cozy and texture, those are the things that kind of, oh, I, you know, I want to wrap up in that. I want to uh, put my head down on that. I want to sit in that. Um, and those, those are things kind of make me slow down because then I'm like going to be more restful because I'm touching and feeling and cozy versus, um, just hard edges, you know, the desk, the, the chair, some things that are more hard to the touch. So cozy things for me are the things that make me slow down and rest. And so that's why I try to make sure there's plenty of those around, uh, for family as well. Yeah. My husband laughs at me because. I am a connoisseur of throw blankets. And every time we're in the store, I'm like, ooh, this one's so soft. And he's like, really, Rach? I don't I don't think we need more. But <laughs> I'm like, well, I think we could throw out some of the others because they start to get raggedy, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> so. I mean, you could always use a new soft blanket. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I am a fan of the cozy blankets. Okay. So before we go, where can listeners connect with you online and get copies of your books and all those fun things? Yeah. So, uh, heartandhomebooks.com is a great place to go. You can see what the other two are about, but also guard your heart and home is on there. And then, uh, my website's victoriadurstock.com, not as easy to spell, uh, but you can definitely get there. And then I'm online as well in the different Facebook and Instagram and social media worlds. Um, and a lot of the books are on Amazon or christianbook.com, Barnes and Noble. Perfect. And we'll have those links in today's show notes. And I actually think these books um, would make such great gifts too. So yeah. Yeah. That's the hope. And you know, when I wrote the first one, my heart's desire was let's, let's make a beautiful book that people want to look at, Mm -hmm. but 
maybe open the door to a gospel conversation because giving a book to somebody that's pretty can give you an opportunity to have a conversation about what the words that are written inside later, because there's scripture, there's short devotional. It's not overwhelming. So my heart is that, that gospel conversations can actually be generated from these books and uh, also encouragement for Christians. Yeah. It's a beautiful book, beautiful photos. I actually have mine um, where I take my baths with like, a, it's on this really pretty wooden tray thing and it just makes me happy when I see it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, good. I love that. <laughs> Well, Victoria, thank you again for taking time to come on the show and just for encouraging us to really just kind of ask the Lord, hey, how can I usher in this place of peace in my home, whether it's through the things I do or the decor or people I have over or whatever? I know it's encouraged me and I'm really, I know the listeners are going to love it too. Well, thank you so much for letting me chat with you for a little bit and I really appreciate it. It's been great. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. All right, I actually have a fun assignment for you today. And it kind of, it comes from today's episode, but it also comes from my own life. And I feel like even just after my conversation with Victoria and I've been reading her book, I have been very encouraged to cultivate an atmosphere of peace and joy in my home. And I have a random story for you, and then I'm going to tell you what the practical tip is. So I was just in Five Below with my kids. I don't know if you've ever been there. If you have kids, you know it's kind of a big deal. And we were going through the aisles, and I saw this tiny Minnie Mouse figurine with a hot pink car And I just lit up when I saw this thing. I think it had multiple reasons. First of all, I love Minnie Mouse. I loved her when I was a kid. And I love hot pink. If if you've seen anything that I post online or any clothes that I wear, hot pink is kind of like my jam. And so just looking at this little thing, I was like, oh my goodness, that's so cute. And immediately I felt like the Lord said, buy that for yourself. And I'm like, what? A toy figurine? I'm buying myself a Minnie Mouse. This is weird. But I did it, and I told my daughters, they, they saw me holding it in line, and they're like, oh, who's that for, Mom? And I'm like, um, it's for me. And they're like, what? And anyway, it had brought so much joy and just laughter in the purchase of it. But now my little Minnie Mouse, and I really need to take a picture of this and post it on Instagram so you guys can have a visual with this. She sits by my computer and she reminds me when I look at her, first of all, it just makes me smile to look at her. I know it's super random, but the hot pink car and the little mini in there, it just makes me smile. And then it also reminds me to play, to make space in my world for play. I think we all have different things. You might resonate with me where you go, yeah, I can't remember the last time I just played or I did something that was just kind of fun or brought joy and a smile to my face. The rest of you might be, or some of you might be thinking, I don't remember the last time I just let myself rest, or I don't remember the last time I let myself, you know, take up a hobby. I don't know what your thing is. I think we go through different seasons, but here's the bottom line of today's Let's Get Real Practical. And let me ask you a couple questions here. What is keeping you from playing or being creative, especially in your home? And then I want you to give yourself permission this week to play or to do something that is a hobby for you that maybe used to be and you need to pick it back up 
or something you've wanted to get into. Another really random thing, I'm learning how to cross stitch with my daughters. If you know me at all, I'm not artsy at all, but learning a new hobby with my daughter has been really fun. And it goes back to that playing, that joy. All right. So that is, that's why I said today's let's get real practical. It's not deep. You know, guys, I like to go deep, but today I want to encourage you to play, have fun, give yourself permission to buy a Minnie Mouse figurine in the Five Below store and look at it and make you smile. I know that's a really random one, but what is it for you? I would love to hear your stories on this. It's just been fun to let myself go there again and to play. And when we allow ourselves to do that, we release the people around us, whether it's in your home, at your place of work, wherever God has planted you, people will notice something different about you. And when you share it with them, then it encourages them to be creative, to play. Yes, there's a time for work. Yes, there's a time for being serious. But we also need to let ourselves just have fun again. Okay, well, that concludes our most random Get Real Practical segment for today. Hey, if you loved today's episode, please leave a review. It helps other listeners connect with us. Plus, it just blesses me to see what the Lord is speaking to you all through these podcasts. Well, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel.